0: everyone and thank you so much for tuning in today and welcome to our podcast. My name is Sophia and I'm president elect of Oxford Women in Business. Oxford Women in Business was founded in 2008 and we are a student run society. We help ambitious and intelligent young women across the university to connect and find out about different opportunities available to them in today's workplace. We are a real community that empowers young women to pursue their own path to success across diverse areas of business. And we run a range of events, including uh, talks, skills workshops, socials. We have our international mentorship program and are very excited to be launching our podcast series. I'm very privileged to welcome two amazing speakers today, Vera Gunther and Nora Azawi, founders of Mimicry, which is a Berlin-based nonprofit. And they create high-quality bags of broken uh, refugee rubber boats. And also provide workshops and training to refugees, thus integrating them into society and providing them with meaningful employment, while also contributing to environmental sustainability. We are so excited to have you on our podcast, so thank you so much for joining us today. Um, You both have pursued very inspirational and unique paths. So you've been advocating for social justice and more sustainable business practices for many years. So we would love to hear more about your background and how you got to where you are today. Vera, do you want to start? Or? Yes,
1: uh, absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you very much for for inviting us. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, and a uh, lovely question to start off with. Um, r- really not so easy to, to sum it up everything, but basically, um, yeah, I think like my career started off quite typically after uh, studying public policy, and then kind of following the um, more kind of traditional way of first um, working for the government and then working for the UN. Um, and then Nora and I, in some like, went to Greece to volunteer for some time uh, in between jobs. Um, and I think this experience there sparked for us uh really the the desire to, to create something ourselves to to really show that there are alternative ways and there are like positive uh possibilities and that there are so many different ways and actually fun ways to do so um but first it really was only an idea and then it was a crowdfunding campaign and suddenly it was a uh, not suddenly but it it, it passed away suddenly. It was a social business. Um, and then also changing into that identity and that role was really an amazing experience and is still an amazing experience and is hasn't ended yet. Um, so now, yeah, Mimicry is already yeah existing for a while. We've partnered up with uh, another organization in Greece to increase our impact and I'm now, again, partly advising the government on social innovation. So it's kind of coming all together, where sometimes in the past I've been feeling like, where where is my path going? It has to be, you know, like one classical direction. And now it's like, no, it can actually be a very unique way and combining things and bridging things. So, yeah, that's maybe from my part. Yeah, I I,
2: uh, actually met Vera in university, so I also studied public policy um, with a slightly, um, but I took a slightly different uh, career path. I worked in the private sector, um, mostly on um, innovation projects, on strategy development. And uh, I was always very interested in combining the approaches from the private sector and like um, being fast and being productive with more social or more meaningful or more purposeful projects and ideas. And uh, over the past four years now, it is a little bit like uh, Vera described that nothing was or like, not everything was always very clear where where it was going. Um, But I think we were well equipped to try out um, different approaches. And I think that's, one of the things that I appreciate the most about uh, the past that we tried it out and that we tried it at all and that we just, um, yeah, get things doing and um, not left it as an idea on like some post-its um, on, a, on a flip chart. Um, and I think uh, how Mimicry is set up today, maybe we'll talk a little bit about it later, really allows us to work with amazing people and other organizations. And at the same time, like do things uh, the way we want it, like that it's um, fun, that it's inclusive, and that we can be creative in design, but also in the approaches, how we want to um, run this organization. And I'm super thankful for this experience.
0: No, it's really beautiful to hear because I think, especially many young students, um, at least in Oxford, feel like they have to go down the traditional route and join a big corporation. So it's, but I think at the same time we're a very value-driven generation. It's great to see how you can combine that and do something meaningful. Um, yeah, and it's also great to see sort of your friendship that you're doing it as a team. Um, yeah, it's really inspiring. Um, and I guess you touched on how that initial, initial idea came about. So you met while uh, volunteering at a refugee camp in Greece. But could you expand a bit more on sort of what really inspired you to found Mimicry? Was it a particular event or trigger? And sort of what is your vision for, for Mimicry? Do
1: mm-hmm. you want to start off this time,
2: Laura? Yeah, I can start. And I'm sure that you will have something to add. Mm. Um, so. Um, in 2015, um, Vera was already in on Kiosk on a Greek island and was doing volunteer work there. That was a time before the Turkey deal. So a lot of people, a lot of people um, arrived, um, particularly at night up on the Greek islands. And um, so we were working in um, the refugee camps, but also a lot on the shores and supported the boat landings and on clothes distribution, like a lot of the classic humanitarian um activities and uh for me this experience was like i think very intense um on so many levels so i wouldn't say that there was one single event where um i was like okay we have to found mimicry really a process of um experiencing um and like the people are just people, and um, like the structure our world is set up, and leads to this situation. And also, the the, the moment when we realize that our contribution can make a small but still a difference, um, and then also uh, to realize that after the humanitarian support, the there's something needed that is longer that is more that is that is that needs to be more sustainable that like that needs to be something like uh, employment opportunities or um, languages or something that lasts after somebody's um, safe um, back on on land again and um, I remember very clearly uh, because one of our our tasks was also to clean the beaches so there's like piles and piles of broken refugee rubber boats on the beaches and that and this is waste plastic waste basically on the beaches um, and we were always collecting them and throwing them away and there are tons of um wasted yeah of boat uh boat material lying around but one point vera took this piece and was like yeah and this is a very powerful material and we should do something with it and we were like Talking about Yaya yeah, yeah, bags or well, like I, I don't like what well, it bags but it's it's kind of a witness of what is happening but it's also a very strong resource in terms of uh, endurance and waterproof and then I think we left it there until we got back and said together what could we do what, um, Is there something that we that we um, can do to contribute to this so called refugee crisis us in a little bit more sustainable way and also back home where we actually have a network where we actually speak the language and something that also shows that positive a positive example that integration is possible that we need to want it and that we can turn something that is waste into something new and beautiful and meaningful that also allows for very talented people to have jobs and also upcycling waste. so i think it was not a one point decision so really like people a lot of people contributing and helping us out and helping us with their skills none of the two of us can actually use a sewing machine so it was really like a um contribution of a lot a lot of people exactly
1: yeah maybe just two additions um i think my my answer to the question of uh, what what sparked it or what inspired it, is probably always a bit different, and then combined it it makes up what it really was all together. Um, but I would say definitely one of the the answers is that this experience in Greece was felt like it was really. Messed up in so many ways, like how our current system is messed up in so many ways. And it was a very concrete example of that. And then just this desire of not wanting to accept that it, and, and, and also knowing that it doesn't have to be that way and that it can be cool in so many mm. ways um, and that you can do it uh, and that you can like, and, and that more than just saying that it can be cool in so many ways, like it's, more stro- it's much stronger to actually do it. And by doing it, to show that this is not something we have to accept and not the only way. And I think for a vision for mimicry, I would say really that, um, you know, that, and it's not even only for mimicry, it's really like that in the future, and we're, I think we're slowly getting there. Um, production is done in a fair and sustainable way. Like wages are like they're good jobs with fair wages uh, for everyone. Um, and there is like kind of intercultural uh, teams with different skills working together. So kind of like that at one point, it's not so special anymore what we do because everyone is kind of doing it. And if we manage to inspire them to like follow a similar path or create their own businesses set up in such ways, then um, yeah, that already is, and 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 hopefully in the future is is so wonderful and energy giving.
0: Oh, that's really amazing to hear. And I think what really inspired me when I heard about mimicry was that philosophy you described of just actually doing something, even if it's a small thing, you can always make a change. Because I think we're facing all these almost existential threats like climate change or the refugee crisis, which is a collection of so many different crises. So yeah, I think that's a very powerful message. of You can always make a change. I think that's what mimicry represents um, to me, at least. And you described uh, mimicry as really being about that change in perspective, about sort of creating hope out of fear, creating something beautiful out of waste? And what challenges has this shift in perspective helped you overcome on a more personal or professional level? And what other opportunities have opened up for you as a result?
1: I think it's a very uh, nice question because um, in principle, it's a bit of a philosophy that for sure, you 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 then once you start seeing the world much more in that way or or observing the world much more in that way um, that it expands in all areas of your life um, and i I would say in general to um, to for me it it, it, it in, in terms of like overcoming challenges definitely it helped me in accept like not shying away from them when they arose and kind of like not because i think initially that with with the topic that topics that we deal with we mimicry it's also it's easy and and i understand and there's also sometimes a tendency of for myself to be like this is too horrible too difficult not solvable like i just don't want to you know like hear about it um and i mean The same thing happens sometimes when you have like personal challenges. It's like you want to push it away. You don't want to really see it. You don't want to uh, kind of interact with it. Or if you need to interact with it, you want to solve it immediately. And so this kind of acceptance of that there are challenges and that sometimes you don't know how to solve them and they can hurt you, but it doesn't matter that you cannot grow and learn from them um is something that this perspective change of perspective um has helped me. And then I think in terms of opportunities, it it's also of the of the kind of like creating and building your own your own uh organization is really like this idea of okay, maybe first you you think there's only A and B, but often there is also C and D and you just Need to be creative enough or bold enough or stupid enough or whatever to think of C and D. Um, and that has opened up so many opportunities for me because, yeah, I think quite often now I'm like, ah, okay, yeah, thank you for telling, for giving me these two options. What about like that? Um, yeah, so that's what I think um, is really has really shifted for me in, in life.
2: I can uh, maybe elaborate a little bit on like more um specific things so that um everybody can understand what what could actually like what could this mean um so um if you ask um about uh, challenges for example I would say that um we wanted it all um and it all super fast um I and mean, we want we wanted to be 100% sustainable and um um, to have cool bags and um um needed to like implement a supply chain that didn't really exist and like work with, find the right people and work with the people to um develop new products and find accessories so now that's very operative um um however i think these are like the da- like the daily challenges from which we learned i learned a lot um for example it's okay not to know and not to be able to do everything, but you can find the right people if um, you look for them or if you ask for help and I think it's a, a very interesting experience also to learn about the strengths and weaknesses about myself to realize okay um, in this I'm really good at um, in that and in, 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 in this I just do not have this competency, and I maybe have to either work on it um hard and uh, or find somebody that helps me. Um, uh, dealing with it. And um, I think one of the, the major like lessons learned and also opportunities is that we don't have to do it alone. And so we really think in um, partnerships and collaborations right now, and Vera mentioned that before, um, that change does not necessarily need to happen only for mimicry. Like the more people... Um, do um, or even think or act um, in a more sustainable and in a more inclusive way, uh, the better. And I think if this, like if our activities trigger or inspire some people to um, get active or to even think about
0: and doing things differently, then uh, um, I'm happy. No, thank you so much for sharing that. and. I think you both touched on that aspect of just accepting your limitation and accepting that you need help. And I think that's very valuable for our listeners to hear about, because I think we live in a very fast paced environment where you always just move on and try to achieve so many things. So I think that self reflection is very important. yeah, and I'm excited to see Mimicry grow and you collaborate with different organizations. And I guess moving to the broader social context with, within which you operate. Um, so during the refugee crisis, um, it was very polarizing and it created a big political backlash in Germany and in Europe. And I was particularly saddened by the media reports and the way they portrayed. Refugees in a very um, impersonal and dehumanizing way. It was just a number which concealed their individual struggles and stories. So, um, you two obviously interacted with refugees directly. You were volunteering in a refugee camp. So, how has that really shaped your understanding of the personal stories behind those numbers? And what would you say are the biggest challenges that refugees face in Germany and when it comes to integration in general?
2: I actually think that it's a very interesting question because this label "refugee" comes with so many like ideas about a certain person, and that um this person is an individual and has like needs like you, me, everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I think it's very important to think about um, individual people and um, acknowledge that um, um, that it's not one mass of people that are refugees or labeled refugees and that's why um, um, certain rules uh, apply or do not apply Um, and i think actually that is one of the the biggest challenges also that people face that you are labeled um, in a certain way and you are um, labeled that for example your label has the consequence that you have uh, difficulties to access the job market even though you are or you might be a very talented um, um, in individual um, f- for me the the personal stories or the, the stories also of like crossing the Mediterranean or the the personal ho- horror stories or what, they do not necessarily have to be bad stories um is something that I think should be personal and that is um, um, um yeah something where I feel that people are reduced to this part of their entire like life reality like you need you you had to flee your home your and your country and this is what you are reduced to um, and so this is part of the identity but not the <coughs> entire identity and i think i would wish for more um, for more complete uh, understanding when talking about or interacting with people, people that had to flee their countries.
1: Yeah, maybe I, I think um, that's exactly what is what is one of the challenges. Like Nora said, that, that you arrive, like you arrive as a human <clears throat> being with a full history and multiple identities somewhere else, uh, and suddenly uh, you, you have but one uh, identity, and that um, and that definitely. Is a challenge. Um, and I think, I mean, maybe to even put it more broadly, and I um I was sometimes wondering or a little bit surprised um by how little this topic um is connected, or at least in, in mainstream media, with the topic of racism. So that is often uh very much like, yeah, okay, but um you know like how do we treat refugees, et cetera et cetera, but kind of like I think the situation is uh that we have is because we still uh, unfortunately have uh racist structures in our society um which mean that uh for people from uh other countries depending which country and depending which circumstances um they they um are coming to to Western societies, um, they face discrimination in all sorts of ways um, because of um, where they're coming from. I think also the whole idea, and I mean, there is slowly also the debate is also shifting a little bit away from, oh, like this idea of integration versus kind of like be really a diverse society, um, build up of. of very different people um and i think it has been used um in a very let's say not the most like this whole debate has not shown the most charming side of humanity let's let's put it like that
0: no that's that's really interesting to hear and i was wondering so related to that um because you both worked in like the um, public policy side what would you say do we really need in germany specifically because i was always very proud of how multicultural berlin is and then i think that period really revealed some structural problems we have in our society so would you say that the government has to get more involved is it a matter of sort of businesses shifting their philosophy what needs to happen in order for um I guess, our society to become truly inclusive and diverse.
1: Yeah, I think a lot everywhere, um, but in a, good, uh, in, in, a, in a good way as well. I think we, we, will all, we would all benefit from it, uh, except for a few people who are now benefiting from a rather exclusive uh, system. So I think one becoming, really creating awareness, um, first of all, both in businesses, but also in governments, um, that kind of diversity and, and, and multiculturalism is uh, is something that is uh, desirable and also not that hard and also um, yeah really um, added value for for our society and then to basically work on the structures um, because the individual biases that we have um, will be i don't I don't personally don't think like a, a lot of anti racist and 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 diversity trainings alone they they're cool and they they definitely help, but they will solve it but really kind of go through structures of how do you hire people um um how do you kind of who do you integrate when you form policies um who do you talk to um who represents whom um, how is the language that you're using. So to really kind of understand that doesn't need to focus only on, on on people from other countries, but also people from different classes, people from different, uh, like kind of all different, including all differences. Um, and I think it's still, especially in Germany, I mean, yes, true in Berlin, uh, it, it, at least the city um, its It's quite multicultural, but I think um, the German society still has uh, quite a bit of bit of work to do um, but um yeah, I think in the past few years, um really also due to the black lives matter movement um and and, and uh, yeah there's like there's social movements coming together also from the climate movement that are really kind of like all. Advocating for for a more inclusive and more just future, um, so I think it's it's going in the right direction.
2: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I would just add, you named all the all the areas where probably things need to change, and I think also one of the. Um, areas where i would also want to see changes in in our education um system like who gets access and to what and what do we teach and um yeah um but i mean that's all very big um big things but i think it's this is how change works right um that uh um you can work on the on the rather like systemic um changes but also small contributions really uh, make make a difference, and I think also talking about it, and um like now, with all discussions that we have things have not changed, but it's on the table, and I think that's a great start, and it will not um be done tomorrow or next year, but will take time, and it's okay, but it's important that we start:
0: No, I think that's a really good point, and thank you so much for sharing all these different insights because. Um, yeah, I, I also think that we have a problem. And I think one on a more deeper level as well, I think it's just the personal attitudes of people, just these microaggressions of people just being ignorant. I think that can also affect how immigrants and refugees perceive themselves. So I think there's so much to be done. I'm hopeful to see businesses like Mimicry raising awareness on these issues. So I think we're converging to a better state. Um and um, I guess um, now going to the sustainability aspect of your business. So at Mimicry, you don't only provide refugees with many meaningful jobs, but you also help reduce plastic waste, which is a huge topic. And you're raising awareness of the circular economy and sustainability. So what does a truly circular economy look like? And would you say that we are moving towards such a state? Are we becoming more sustainable? Or is it just greenwashing?
2: I let the environmental economists speak first. <laughs>
1: okay. A true circular economy for me means that there is no more waste. Um, because nature, in nature there is the, 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 the concept of waste doesn't exist. And if we are able to transfer that to everything we produce and consume... We are in a truly circular economy, and technically, that is absolutely possible. However, it is uh, again like a path dependent system that we need to switch uh, from towards another system where also um, the structures of like a capitalist. Uh, economy which needs to grow sometimes makes it a bit difficult um, because if not everyone needs a new phone every two years, you still need to m- make profit. And like, so th- th- that's kind of like challenging. And yes, we are definitely moving towards more sustainability in a way that everyone is aware. I mean, okay nearly everyone is aware um, in, in Western industrialized uh, countries that the way we currently live is not sustainable and it's not possible to to kind of like replicate that uh, in the rest of the world. So something needs to change and that is clear and that we also have a huge climate crisis uh, ahead of us if we don't act fast. So, that I think is clear and there's a lot of like um, willingness to invest in technology that helps us to get on that path. Um, If you dig a bit deeper and look at the numbers, we're still like uh, like kind of on the high rise, both of consumption as well as CO2 emissions. And so I don't even think it's greenwashing. I think the really huge shift and transformations that need to happen um is something that we haven't done that often before uh, in the past so it's really um it needs bigger changes than we have now and even more bold move but um, i think we have a window of opportunity right now that widely open and also it will close at one point so it's good to use it um and i think there's some amazing things going on also in terms of like finance and where money is put into um and so i think if more people get involved um and more businesses shift and we're really on the on the right track
2: yeah, I feel the same. Even though I don't like, I see it. I don't see it really. I don't. I don't um, see it yet. And I find it honestly also difficult to. Um, or this question is not the easiest. I think when you, because we you, you refer from our like rather small um social business to the very like um, um broad context. And I think there is a there is a way in which we contribute but obviously it's not like changing systems that need um new frameworks new agreements and cooperation like not only within like states but also continents and and i think with mimicry we are um maybe one tiny like drop of like one little part of what we are able to do and what we are like Willing to do and what we like trying to do with the people that um, we collaborate and we uh, work together, and uh, I believe until we get to a circular economy where there's really no waste anymore, it is a good way to think about what we have right now. Um, so our bags are being recycled because there is this waste, and there is um. And it tells a story, and um, it is a, a yeah a witness of uh, a humanitarian and um, crisis uh, that is also um, because our like world is not in balance or is existing because our world is not in balance. Um, and I think it always depends a little bit on what is the purpose of you or of us doing these bags. Um, And then, and that is maybe the stepping stone to then a future where at some point um, there's more circular economy happening. But it's not. But we are not there yet. And I think maybe we can try to accept this that we like it's it's a journey and that we like have to travel this journey until we get there. And there's many many solutions and ideas and policies out there that we can that we have to try out and decide for. And that we have to, um, yeah, give it a, ch- a chance because continuing um, the way we, we, we do now will um, harm all of us in the long term.
0: No, I think that's really, that's really important to emphasize because I think, I think it links back to what you said, that philosophy of, sort of accepting your limitations and accepting that it's going to be a journey, mm-hmm. but it's something that really has to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, But what makes me hopeful is that I think my generation is very fed up with the system that's not working for so many people. So hopefully, yeah, I think politics is reacting to that. Um, Hopefully we'll see some meaningful change. Um, Final question for me is how do you act on that claim, we are one? And how can we, the young students, young women, um, help to build such a world that reflects these values? Um, Because I think it can be very overwhelming. We're faced with all these problems. And sometimes it's difficult to even make a small change or or to feel like we can make a small change in our everyday lives. (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, it's funny because uh, when we usually do interviews, we can look each other in the eyes and have conversations. And um, (laughs) so now we're doing it like this. So uh, I think with we are one, we mean that uh, we are all the same and that we can do things together. But I also believe uh, that this claim leaves a lot of room for interpretation. And I think it's good that it's that way. So um, I I believe that you said that your generation, for example, is fed up with uh, um, the current situation. And I think to realize that An individual, or a generation, or a group of people, has the power to do something differently. Just acknowledging this and realizing this is already the the first step. So it makes a difference where you have your first job. It makes a difference um, where you where you um, buy your groceries, or it makes a difference um, how do you um, like treat people that you haven't met and that are maybe from a different background than you're from, and I think that's like very small things that um, everybody can do or can choose to do or can choose to think about doing it, and um, they would already make a difference. Um, and then all of a sudden, you realize that it's actually a lot of fun to um, get different opinions, different um, ideas, different backgrounds in your life because uh, um, you learn something and. Um, it's. I think that's maybe the tiny, the tiny things that um, we can, yeah, like everybody can do or groups of people can do. And um, I think that this uh, uh, we are one claim we developed uh, once for a fashion show that we were doing, um, and we had also um, models that had a um, refugee background, and where we also really wanted to play with. The label that we talked um, before that you can be so much um, and not only one thing all altogether we are one, but um each of us has like like you can be a mother, a daughter, a friend, um a consultant, a founder, so like so many different um things um and that it really um, depends a bit on um what are you in this moment and who do you choose to be um in this moment.
1: Yeah, I think I would uh, say three last points um, about we are, we are one. One is to really concrete. I try to be concrete, so to have some t- takeaways. Uh, so to really support each other, and I think especially for women and especially for young women to kind of cheer for each other and really there's, there cannot be enough kind of your – you're cool and it's great what you're doing because, um, I think there is a lot of self doubt, uh, and not feeling worthy, uh, as, um, for, for women and especially young women in society. And then looking more outwards, I think, um, it's really cool to speak up even though you feel it's weird or you maybe like, you think it's not kind of, you know, um, uh, uh, people will be annoyed, or I don't know, like will not be expecting of you to speak up when you feel somebody has been ex- excluded, or things ha- are not clear, or some I don't know to to follow your gut feeling of social justice, and then maybe first to do it more in the comfortable settings, but then to actually realize that it's also possible to speak up in in in, in more complicated settings, that that maybe sometimes it. Doesn't feel so comfortable, but it actually has a can have a huge impact on panels. Like who 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 is like representing whom, and to really kind of go for it and be bold about it. And the last thing I would say, somebody you told me that once, uh, and I'm I'm keeping that with me. Um, who said like ah, actually at one point in my life I started to uh, make no difference how i feel with my heart towards people that i haven't met before or towards people that i know already since 15 years um and i i I mean i don't always manage to think about it and follow it but i think just the idea and what it does when you connect with people with the same empathy and interest um as how you connect with your friends it has a huge impact um, on how you yeah how you interact with other people and what comes out of that
0: that's amazing thank you so much and particularly i really like nora when you said that it's about sort of you choosing who you want to be because it's usually society or other people attaching other labels to you or placing you in certain boxes so i think it's very empowering to sort of for you to be able to shape your identity. And I definitely agree, if we all just be, would be a bit more kind and understanding, I think that would solve so many problems. But yeah, I'm very hopeful that we will see that change, that we're converging towards a more friendly and inclusive society. And it's businesses like Mimicry who really changed my understanding of business and that it can be so much more can have a true purpose and make a meaningful social impact and not only be about corporate profits or whatever um so yeah thank you for doing such an amazing work and it was such a great pleasure to speak with you today and thank you for sharing your experiences we really appreciate your time and i'm feeling very inspired thank you thank you